Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. The NBA's annual All-Star Game break has arrived, and there's no better time of the year to do some mid-season reflecting. Oh, man! Embiid with a block on Tice, and the Sixers are going to beat Boston. Benny double ace, and Simmons scores it again. Simmons has got 34. Harris on the move. Hearns right-hand shot, ribbing around, and good! And that'll do it! The 76ers are going to beat the Lakers here in Philadelphia. We'll look back on the biggest moments, themes, and developments from the unofficial first half of the season, plus talk to a kid who's helped lead the TTP cause at a local high school on this episode of the broadcast. What's going on out there, 76ers pod people? Happy All-Star break. 76ers arriving at the break on a pretty good note, right? Swept a three-game homestand, culminating with a big win over the L.A. Clippers on Tuesday night. And a week is <laughs> certainly a long period of time in the NBA. I mean, you think of the tone surrounding the Sixers when they got home from that winless 0-4 road trip. And this isn't to say that anyone should look past that. But come back home, get three wins against a couple quality teams. Memphis and the Clippers also beat the struggling Chicago Bulls. And right now, the Sixers, all things considered, they're doing all right. We're going to revisit some of the big moments from the unofficial first half of the season now that the All-Star break is here. But per usual, I want to give you some reminders at the start of the podcast that to subscribe to our feed, you can go to anywhere you get your podcasts. That could be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Pandora, wherever it is. Just type in Sixers Podcast Network or 76ers Podcast, and that will take you to our feed. And also, this news bulletin related to the pod coming your way. Starting April Fool's, no joke, we are going to put our rewind episodes of the podcast on a separate feed. So currently right now, you get episodes of the broadcast and rewind on the same feed, which is this one. But starting April 1st, there's going to be a separate feed for rewind episodes only. And then this feed would 
be where you would continue to come to get episodes of the broadcast and maybe a couple new shows we might have in the works. So uh, I'll be giving some reminders about that as we move towards April the 1st. All right, stepping back, surface level view, high level, big picture, takeaways. Right now about the 76ers. They played 55 games. They have 27 games to go. They're 34-21. and 21. They are in fifth place in the Eastern Conference, just one and a half games behind the fourth place Miami Heat. The Sixers are the best home team in the NBA with a record of 25-2. and two. They are among the league leaders in defense. As we check in as it stands at the All-Star break, the Sixers are fourth in the NBA in defensive rating. Yes, there's the 9-19 and road record, not to be excused, not to be bypassed. But again, I think big picture, there's a lot to feel good about in respect to the Sixers, especially when you account for the fact that they have at least one win, if not more than one, and above that, some convincing wins against the top four teams in each conference. In the East, that's the Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics, and the Heat. By the way, <laughs> you think the Atlantic Division could be a little bit more difficult, right? I mean, how about that? You have three teams out of the Atlantic in the top five in the East. And then the Sixers have also beaten at least once the Los Angeles Lakers, the Denver Nuggets, the L.A. Clippers, and the Utah Jazz, which are the one through four teams out West. So I think that even though the four-game road trip um, was a tough taste to have in the mouth, the Sixers came back home did what they needed to do, and they built some momentum going into the All-Star game break. So I want to revisit some of the top moments, at least to me, from this unofficial first half of the season. And I think we have to start in the Pacific Northwest. Portland, Oregon, November the 2nd, the 76ers off to a great start, and they played a game that in recent history has been one of the most memorable for the 76ers. And wouldn't you know that the hero who emerged on that night is a guy who has been tearing it up as of late. Richardson on the drive, in the lane, back out to Ennis. Three, nope, he's going to step into the left wing area, back out to Josh for three, it's good! Josh Richardson knocks down a three, the 10th made triple of the game by the Sixers, and it's now a three-point game. 50 seconds to go, Josh Richardson into the lane, back out to Al, he drives by one man, in the lane, he jams it! Al Horford makes it a one-point game, a right-hand throwdown. Simmons looking. Korkmaz in the corner, he's open, he shoots it, it's good! Furkan Korkmaz, it's a shot to put the Sixers in the lead. Portland has four tenths of a second. It's a one-point lead. <laughs> like, even, like, still, I don't know how to feel, you know, how to act. It, it was, like, the biggest shot in my career, you know. But I knew that uh, Al Horford, he's going to set a good pick and then trying to get me open, you know. And then that's why end of the game, I got him back to make the shot, you know. Uh, and then I was wide open, I just let it fly, and then I made it. That was also a huge comeback, you know, uh, from comeback from double digits, you know. Portland, I think, made a lot of shots. And then from huge comeback to make the like buzzer beer and then get the W, it's like incredible. It's like a dream. A precursor, perhaps, of things to come for Furkan Korkmaz. Going off for the game winner, 11 points at Portland on November 2nd, which was the final win for the 76ers in their winning streak of five straight games to start the season. But Furkan played well on the rest of that West Coast trip. He also had a 20-point game the following game on the road against the Phoenix Suns. 
And over the course of this season, in which the 76ers have been trying to figure out what to do in their wing rotation, whether it's with Furkan, Matisse Thibel, James Ennis III when he was here, Furkan has had really good flashes, especially since the calendar flipped to 2020. There was the 24-point game at home against the Chicago Bulls, which you're thinking, like, how does Furkan top that? (laughs) Well, of course, a month later, with the Sixers coming back home after that winless four-game road trip needing some sort of shot in the arm, Furk goes crazy for 34 against the Memphis Grizzlies, following that up with a 31-point performance against the Chicago Bulls right before the uh, Clippers came to town for the final game before the break. So for me, Furkan Korkmaz, not just with the game winner in Portland being a great story, but also the fact that that was an indicator that this would be a different type of Furkan Korkmaz perhaps this season as he's back for the Sixers for his third year. And hey, I mean, you go back to last spring, and it was looking like, and I think Furkan would be the first to tell you this, he wasn't going to be back. He even signed a deal, a tentative deal, with a team in his home country of Turkey. But things just had a way of working themselves out. Sixers had a need to fill, and Furkan was their guy. And he, to me, has been one of the truly great stories from the first half of the season. Moving along in chronological order, we will go to December 12th, at TD Garden, another signature highlight in my mind from the first half of the season. Sixers had a big game against the Boston Celtics, and front and center was a guy who certainly has been much discussed this season, the one and only Joel Embiid. Now, up to that point, Joel had had some noteworthy games. He had the 36-point game in the two-point win against the Atlanta Hawks in the third game of the season. He had a 33-16 and 16 game against the Sacramento Kings, a 20-20 game not too long before the Boston game right after Thanksgiving uh, against the uh, Washington Wizards. But Boston was a national spotlight game on TNT at TD Garden, first time the Sixers were there. And I remember the biggest thing that stood out to me was Joel's demeanor before the game. After shoot-around, he had some very candid comments to reporters, which I thought set the tone for what he would ultimately do that night. Joel, what's your thoughts about um, Charles Barkley and Shaq saying about you, criticizing you for your game? Um, I mean, it's, um, you know, that that's what they do. Um, you know, um, maybe they're right. Uh, uh, maybe, uh, but I, I do think they're right. I think I need to, you know, be more aggressive. Um, just, you know, just look to impose impose myself, just look to dominate. I think the whole season uh, I haven't done that. Um, and then you can see uh, the way it's affected uh, my efficiency and my stats. So, you know, I guess I need to go back to having fun and just dominate. And, um, but I get what they're saying, and uh, I think they're right, and um, I got to make a change. And what did Joel do that evening? Against the Boston Celtics. Jalen Brown trying to stay connected with Tobias. Over to Joel. He shoots a three. It's in the air. It's gone. And Bede knocked out a three. And oh, yeah. He waves his fist. He's having fun in Boston. He throw it ahead of Hayward. Hayward tracks it down. 18 seconds to go. It's a four-point game. In a tice. He's blocked by Embiid. And the Sixers had the ball. Oh, man. Embiid with a block on Tice. And the Sixers are going to beat Boston. Did you feel good from the outset of tonight's game? Was there a moment where you felt like... 
you had it, you can be able to do what you did? Uh, yeah, the, the fourth quarter. Uh, uh, you know, I haven't been the closer that uh, these guys uh, have needed me to be on uh, the whole season. Uh, you know, I just had that opportunity, and they can find, they can fit in me. And you know, I, I put that a lot on my teammates um, because the whole game, uh, you know, they made a lot of shots. So it, it kind of put Boston in. Um, you know, they had to choose between, you know, quickly double teaming me, or because I was gonna kick it out. Then they all know that I'm a willing passer, and we made that made shots. So he made it easier for me. I think all the stuff that he has been through recently, uh, to me, the way he handled it personally, I'm proud of him. He handled it like an adult. He handled it with a with a humility and owned some of it, and then came out and responded in a very dramatic way. And, you know, the numbers speak pretty much for themselves, but there was other stuff internally going on with, like, leadership and instruction to his teammates and stuff being said at halftime. That, that flipped him over the top to, for me, one of his better games since he has been a Philadelphia 76er. Duell's final line at the end of the evening, 38 points on 12 of 21 shooting, 2 for 3 from 3, got to the line 14 times, made all of his foul shots except for 2, 13 boards, 6 assists, vintage, prime, Joel Embiid. I'm still continuing to rack my mind. To me, that was his best performance. That has been his best performance of this season so far. Tight game. He was the closer. He rose to the occasion. He backed up some of his talk. Um, that is the Joel Embiid that, uh, you know, um, I, I think it might be a little bit unreasonable to expect the numbers like that each and every game, but just the mindset, the demeanor, the purpose, determination, that, without question, is what you're looking for. I lied. I said it was going to go in chronological order. I want to backtrack and do one game out of order. Then we'll move along in chronological order by dates. Um, let's go to December 8th, 76ers against the Toronto Raptors at the center. And the Sixers, not too long before that, had lost by five at Scotiabank Arena. Uh, a game that, uh, you know, it was it was a bummer. The Sixers, um, they played the Raptors tough only to become a little bit unglued in the final minutes. So the Sixers were looking to get one back against the Raptors. And they found a most inspiring effort from a most promising rookie. Matisse Thybul had himself a game against Toronto. Here's a steal by Matisse. In on Siakam, a slam. Matisse Thybul rocks the rim. What a play! The rookie is doing it at both ends of the floor. Simmons in the corner, up top of Tease, three ball, right side, got it! Back to back, triples by the rook, and timeout Toronto! And they love it in Philadelphia, they're on their feet. The Sixers are leading by 18. Matisse, thank you for joining us, congratulations. Great game, great thank shooting, you. great defense, and a huge win for your team tonight over Toronto. Your thoughts in general? Uh, I think it was big for us to, to get this one back, especially the way we played at their place. Um, I think it was good for us to, to get this win. The awesome thing about Thibel's contributions, not only did it help the Sixers defeat the Raptors by six, but it was on the heels of a scoreless game. He only played eight minutes at Thibel the day before when the Sixers whacked the Cavaliers by 47. 
He responds by coming out for a 20-point performance, hitting five of his eight threes, and then Thibel fouled it up with 13 points a couple days later at home against the Denver Nuggets. So, obviously, the defense for Thibel has been consistent for the most part throughout this year. He leads all rookies in steals. But, uh, you know, is it easy to be drawn to point production and three-point shooting? Sure. But I think that Toronto game was important because it just it, it gave you perhaps to a little bit of an extreme, especially at this stage of Thibel's career, a glimpse at what the vision, the ultimate vision for this guy is. Three and D, he was knocking down his perimeter shots. Again, I don't know if you can really expect uh, five three-pointers a game, even down the road long term, that's that's a lot to ask. Uh, but Matisse Thibel in that game, the Sixers um, so kind of desperately needed a win against the Toronto Raptors just to put everyone's minds at ease, get the monkey off the back. And Thibel answered in a big spot at home, defending, getting out on the break, and then also knocking down some three-point shots. Another one of my favorite games from the first half of the season. You can't talk about the first half of the season, of course, without revisiting Christmas Day at the center. 76ers had not hosted a Christmas Day game since the late 1980s. 1988, in fact, was the last time it went down. So there was great buildup and excitement for this to begin with. Well, then you throw in the fact that you have the reigning MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo, in the house. Oh, and by the way, his team, the Milwaukee Bucks, they just so happen to be the best team in the NBA this year. Throw that in the pot, stir it up, Mix all those ingredients together, and you have a fantastic setting on the signature date of the NBA's regular season calendar, December 25th. The 76ers did not disappoint. It was a relatively competitive game after a quarter, but the Sixers blew things open after that. Richardson with the ball, five on the clock. Josh around the screen. Connaughton blocks him from behind. Embiid picks it up, fires from deep, and in. Joel and B with a clock dwindling, knocks down another three. Sixes by eight. Simmons on the run. Simmons to Josh. Three ball right side in the air. It's good again. Another triple. And the Sixers lead the Milwaukee Bucks by 19 points. Embiid out top. He fakes a three. Middleton is guarded. Middleton's in foul difficulty. Here's Joel with a right hand shot. Oh, man. Beautiful. Little Dr. J-esque going right to the 29 for Embiid. Excellent play there. The opponent, considering the fact that it was Christmas Day, do you feel like this was your best game as a team so far this season? Yeah, for sure. Uh, obviously, you playing the best team in the league. Uh, so we came out, uh, we showed that, you know, uh, through our ups and downs, um, we showed that, you know, we're right there. Uh, we still got a long way to go, obviously, but we're right there and we're going to keep on getting better. Tobias Harris with a really nice game against the Bucks, 22 points, five three-pointers, helping the 76ers roll against Milwaukee, giving them just their fifth loss at that point in time. Joel Embiid had 31-11. and 11. He knocked down three three-pointers. Al Horford a double-double, 15 points, 14 assists for Ben Simmons, and Josh Richardson with 18 points. Furkan Korkmaz with 16 off the bench. Sixers did well, holding Giannis Antetokounmpo to 18 on just 8 for 27 shooting. It was just a great performance by the Sixers and one that just inspired so much hope about the potential for this team moving down the road. Now, after Christmas, the Sixers, they have been different. 
and even with the three-game home winning streak right before the All-Star break, I think you could still say the same. Um, I know the team would like to go out there and show it has the ability to be a similar team on the road that we've seen in terms of the version of themselves at home. But yeah, since Christmas, the Sixers, they've been battling to regain the type of momentum that we saw consistently throughout the first, what would that have been? two months of the season. So following Christmas, the Sixers went on the road. Uh, They endured a four-game losing streak on a four-game trip, came back home, got wins over OKC and Boston. In the OKC game, of course, Joel Embiid suffered that really unsightly broken left finger, and he would go on to miss the next nine games. But during that stretch, Ben Simmons, he was having an awesome year before then, But man, did he step up, take his game to the next level, show tremendous leadership while playing some of the best basketball of his career. And in no game was that more apparent than the 76ers' January 15th victory over Brooklyn. Simmons breaking free into the lane, reverse, windmill jam. What a play by Ben Simmons. Are you kidding me? A spectacular slam. Now the Sixers' big trip up by seven, Benny down the lane, and Simmons scores it again. Simmons over Joe Harris. And with slumped shoulders and upturned palms, Harris turning to the bench and to Jared Allen like, what? Who's helping out? Simmons has got 34. Can you tell before games when he might have a game like this? Um, I wished I could say I could, and I can't. <laughs> um, the uh, We learned that he was conference player of the week during this game. Uh, I would have given him that just for a second half uh, of this game. But he, he was... He was great. What do you think has been the key to your growth as a player? I mean, of coaches saying how dominant you're playing, what, what has been the key to you kind of growing your game? Just staying locked in um, and taking it a day at a time. I know, you know, it's, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, that's that stay on course, stay locked in. Uh, I'm trusting my teammates and my coaches. Ben Simmons, absolutely insane at Barclays Center, helping the Sixers to a 117-111 Martin Luther King Day matinee victory over the Nets. 34 points for Simmons, 10 of 14 from the line. He only missed two of his 14 shots, 12 boards, 12 assists, five steals, and two block shots. Should remember to look this up before hitting record, but I am, if I'm not mistaken, I think that Ben has been the only player in NBA history to hit some of those statistical minimums, the points, the rebounds, the assists, the steals, and the blocks in the same game. Just crazy. Rang the bell afterwards his leadership on full display, Um, and it was uh, a game, perhaps the the best game in a series of awesome games from Ben Simmons while Joel Embiid was out for nine games. The final game the 76ers played without Embiid before his most recent return was perhaps the most anticipated date on the Sixers' home schedule. It was January 25th. It was a Saturday night, 8.30, ESPN-ABC primetime game at the center. Everyone (laughs) from the mothership was there. You had Rachel Nichols and the jump. You had Jalen Rose. You had uh, Mark Jackson, Jeff Van Gundy, Mike Breen, the whole thing. I mean, ESPN totally blows out its coverage for those primetime games on Saturday nights at 8.30. And the 76ers proceeded to essentially blow out LeBron and the Lakers. Harris on the drive. Kuzma can't contain him. And Harris knocks it down with a right-hand jab. Timeout Los Angeles. Tobias Harris with 23 points. And he is 
fired up. He is barking in a good way at the Sixers crowd. Simmons with an outside right, left-hand dribble. Green right there. Now Ben turns it down the lane, goes in, and lays it up, and good! Ben Simmons on Danny Green. He would not be denied. And the Sixers have built up a 14-point lead. Harris on the move against Danny Green. In the lane, turns, right-hand shot, rimming around, and good! And that'll do it. The 76ers are going to beat the Lakers here in Philadelphia. Definitely knew the type of team we were, we were going up against and uh, how dominant they can be and how we needed to really combat that um, on our side. And, um, you know, got good looks and was uh, looking to really you know, go off a lot of the mismatches that I got um, and a lot of the switches that was um, brought to me on, on some of the pick and roll. So definitely from the start, uh, aggressive mindset, but also a lot of things were coming my way a little bit earlier today. The 76ers led for 42 and a half minutes in that 48-minute game. And the Lakers, that was just their 10th loss of the season. Um, Obviously, with their talent in LeBron and AD and all that, such a great measuring stick for the 76ers without Joel Embiid to see what they could do. And the Sixers played um, outstanding basketball. Simmons had... 28-10, 28 and 10, Tobias Harris with 29. The Sixers knocked down 13 threes. They shot 52% for the game. The Lakers only six for 31 from outside the arc. Yeah, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they got theirs. They combined for 60 points. But other than that, Danny Green, nothing. Avery Bradley, nothing. Contavious Caldwell Pope held in check. Just awesome game for the 76ers. Um, obviously there was, um, uh, just, uh, t- to use a phrase like unfortunate tragedy doesn't even come close, uh, to, uh, to being appropriate, um, for what happened the following day after that game, the news of, uh, Kobe Bryant, um, his daughter and seven other people dying in, uh, the helicopter crash in Southern California, um, which, uh, you know, listen, uh, obviously that struck Southern California, Lakers fans, all that stuff, um, immensely hard. But it, it was, it's something that you still feel um, several weeks after the fact, almost a month later, uh, the emotional fallout of um, across the NBA. And uh, the Sixers, they played a couple days later against the Golden State Warriors, gave uh, Kobe a really nice tribute um, at the center. And uh, the Sixers, after that game against Golden State, they went out on the road. They, of course, lost four in a row. Um, and then they came back home, and they beat the Memphis Grizzlies, which it was no small thing. Memphis had only lost three times its previous 16 games before that. Sixers followed that up with a win over the Chicago Bulls, a team they should beat. And then on Tuesday, going into the All-Star game break, they had Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and the L.A. Clippers. Competitive, tight game, especially down the stretch of the first half. But the 76ers... They got the job done. Leonard one-on-one with Simmons on the left side. Kawhi Leonard puts the ball down. It's loose. Ben knocked it away. Leonard gets it back. He tumbles into the backcourt. And a steal. Now Simmons driving down the lane. Layup up and good. He went right at Kawhi and won the battle. Josh Richardson turns the corner on Kawhi. Into the lane. Left hand layup is good. And a foul on Leonard. Josh Richardson is in the crowd. He is celebrating big time. Richardson with a great driving left hand layup. And a foul on Kawhi Leonard. And Josh Richardson joining us. Congratulations. Excellent game. You had 17 points in the fourth quarter and a tremendous hard-fought victory over the Clippers. Your thoughts in general after this win? Uh, man, it was a tough game, man. And 
you know, competitors, you know, we wait for games like that. And uh, the Clippers came in and gave us a great effort, a great push. But uh, down the stretch, I think we did a good job against stops and executing. Just a great note for the 76ers to go into the All-Star game break on a 110-103 win over the Clippers on Tuesday. So that's it. My favorites from the unofficial first half of this season. Got the All-Star game on Sunday night. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, of course, will be there for the second straight year. Ben on Team LeBron, LeBron on Team Giannis. They're on opposite sides for the second year in a row as well. Should be great. Team will then have a couple days off, regroup, host the Brooklyn Nets next Thursday, then on to Milwaukee for a big game a week from this Saturday. And then it's into the home stretch of the year. We're going to hear from a local high school student and how he has gone about doing his part to support the 76ers in just a second. But I want to remind you that coming up on Monday, March 9th, we are now just weeks away from the 5th Annual Sixers Youth Foundation Evening on the Court Gala presented by VIP Wireless at the 2300 Arena in South Philadelphia. It's an awesome night. If you've never been before, you can purchase tickets by going to SixersYouthFoundation.org slash gala to support today. And it's great. It is unlike any gala that you've probably been to before or banquet. We're not talking circular tables with white tablecloths, a dais, a podium, speaker upon speaker upon speaker. No, it ain't that. Um, the Sixers kind of give it like more of a casual hangout vibe. You've got players, coaches, executives, all there trying to rally around the Sixers Youth Foundation and attempting to raise as much money as possible. The grub is always great. Um, the spirit is always good. So once again, it's March 9th at the 2300 Arena in South Philadelphia, 5th Annual Sixers Youth Foundation Evening on the Court Gala, presented by VIP Wireless, SixersYouthFoundation.org slash gala to support and purchase your tickets right now. Speaking of the Sixers Youth Foundation Gala, there's an auction. And every year that the Sixers Youth Foundation Gala has been held, one of the auction items has been, that's right, someone can bid on, I would like to say opportunity, but uh, it's probably more like the chance to draw the short straw to appear on an episode of the broadcast. Now, in the past, we've had the actual winners appear themselves, or they have deferred their appearance to someone close to them. And that was the case for last year's winner, Jim O'Connor. So first, a huge thanks to Jim for supporting the Sixers Youth Foundation through his bid to appear on the broadcast. He then tapped a kid who's a friend of the family, Connor Ganley, freshman at the St. Joseph's Prep. And before the Sixers played the Chicago Bulls a couple days ago, I had the chance to chat with Connor, who was joined by a couple of his buddies. Connor, what's up, my dude? Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you feeling about this? Um, I'm good. I'm okay. feeling great about the season. I, I, I think uh, you project a confident vibe. I feel like uh, this is something that, that should not be too out of the norm for you. I, I, I get the impression you talk about the 76ers a lot, Yes, right? yes, on a daily basis all the time. All right, well, you and your squad mates here, Tom and Matt, you're all decked out in some quality garb, and you've got your city edition, the new city. Who's that, Joel? Uh, yeah, Joel. All right, all right. We got uh, Tom Rock in the number 25 LSU. We got Matt in a very nice, I'm actually envious of the 76ers fill across the front sweatshirt. 
Um, so tell me, uh, what is on the mind of a young, and I'm going to call you young. I know you might feel old, but I, I'm an old man myself now. I'm in my mid-30s, so I look at you guys and I see youth. What's on the mind of, like, Sixers fan, high school Sixers fans in the Delaware Valley? Like, give me some of your perspective. What do you think about so, the team? So um, I thought the trade deadline was good with the moves we made because, and I think Brett Brown is, a, is the right coach for this team. I just think we need time to develop, so I think we're, I think we're moving in the right direction. It is crazy because when you think about it, the projected opening night starting lineup has played, if I just had to guess off the top of my head, maybe like a third of the season together at most. It's nuts. Give me a sense of what type of fan you are. I mean, I know that you have the current drip on with that new city edition, but, like, tell me how you consume the Sixers. Like, are you watching every night? Are you you're on social all the time? Like, put that in perspective. So um, I, I usually watch every game every night. I have it right on my desk as I'm doing my homework. Um, I watch pregame and postgame. I listen to the radio, sometimes listen to this podcast and other podcasts as well. And um, at our school, we have the Sixers Trust the Process Club. Shout out to the TTP Club. Really? Yes. Tell me more about this. So um, we just, once in a while, probably once a month, we talk about the Sixers. Like we had a um, meeting on Friday. It was a trade deadline. Talk about like the moves around the NBA and just especially the Sixers and how everyone's feeling about them. So. I love it. Yes. That's amazing. So this is a club at the prep, the TTP Club. Yes. Um, do you know how long it's been around? So you're a freshman, right? Yes. So is this something that was there that you got involved with this year? Four years, but yes, it's my. It was. I love the club. It's so it's four years, but it's run by Mr. Brown, who's the director of admissions at the fret. So yes. <laughs> that is so great. Um, I need to know more. How long do the meetings go? And you said it's about once a month. Yes. Yeah, so usually we have like a period where it's you can have like any clubs you want so it's usually lasts about 50 minutes for that day i guess and um we get we get started right away so and it's enjoyable like there's definitely some debates that people won't agree with but it's really fun yes to me that kind of speaks to the larger significance of sports and not to get too deep on you or anything like that but it's just awesome that here is a way that sports is helping bring a bunch of students together. I'm sure you've made friendships through this, yes. met new people. Yes. Ah, that's awesome. Do you play basketball yourself? Um, I did play basketball all through grade school, but um, I'm now I'm the f- manager on the pre- freshman team. Excellent. Yes. Oh, that is, uh, it sounds like hoops is in your blood, kind of. Yes. <laughs> all right, so we know the trade deadline has passed. Got a couple of veteran shooters who can also defend, I think, yes. and Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson III. We're almost at the all-star break. I want to hear, because you seem like a very positive, optimistic guy, I want to hear Connor Gailey's pump-me-up speech, rundown, whatever it is, for the second half of the season once the team gets back from the all-star break. So I think the all-star break is key for this team. I think we need a refresher, um, like a time to just get everything together. I think once we get back, all the starters will be back. I hope, Hopefully they'll all be back together. I think the acquisition of Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson is key. I think not only the shooting fact, but they'll be a great locker room guys because we have heard of the troubles in the locker room. So I think the the break is a key restart, and I think the team will be great. Um, I think we're going to have some of those – I think we're going to start having some of those big wins on the road that we haven't been seeing as of late. So, yeah, I think the break's key, but – I think 
we're going to make a deep playoff run that people aren't expecting right now. Amen to that, brother. Before I let you go, do you get down to games much? Yes, pretty often. I was here last on Friday, actually, for the game against Memphis. Well, if the 76ers come out and beat the Bulls tonight, we might have to just make sure that you, Tom, and Matt figure out how we get you into all games <laughs> moving forward so yes. the mojo doesn't change. What do you like most about coming down to 76ers games? Um, the atmosphere, it's awesome. Like the the dunk squad, obviously, but like the, the way our team plays so well is just it's enjoyable. Not that it wasn't enjoyable when we had the 10-win season, but it's also the fact of coming to a professional game, seeing all like some of the best athletes in the world compete at the highest level. It's it's awesome. Connor Ganley, a freshman from St. Joseph's Prep, could not have been more well spoken about the Philadelphia 76ers. Great job, man. Thanks so much. Thank you. Love it. Trust the Process Club at school. Doesn't get any better than that. Thanks again to Jim O'Connor for making the bid that allowed Connor Ganley to get on the pod. And thank you for listening. We'll be back at it once the Sixers return to action in about a week or so right here on the broadcast. See you. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.